Welcome to the Iowa Agronomy Update, where we talk all things agronomics. I'm your host, Brent Schwinnaker, and this podcast is brought to you by Asgro DeKalb Brand Seeds. Hey everyone, just wanted to give a quick update on really just over the weekend on our freezing and frost temperatures that we had and, and really just wanted to provide a quick update on really what to be looking for in those soybeans. Uh, so we brought in Nicole Steckline from Eastern Iowa and really she just gives us a, a pretty common sense approach to what to be looking for in, in your scenarios as you're assessing your your damage to those uh, early planted soybeans. So. Hope you enjoy. Uh, she also touches on some of the work that she's been doing over at the Field of Dream site. So hope you enjoy and, and glad you could uh, uh, join us again. Thanks. And welcome to a special edition of the Iowa Agronomy Update. Uh, I know we just did a podcast late last week, but uh, with the uh, weather conditions this last uh, weekend, we thought we'd do a quick a quick podcast on basically assessing uh, crop damage with a, a freeze and a frost. So uh, to join us, we brought back Nicole Steckline. Nicole, welcome back to the podcast. Yo, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> this is the, and by cool, I mean frozen. Yeah, right? The cool is, is definitely the, uh, the theme here, bringing a little Tiger King into the uh, Iowa Agronomy update on the corn quarantine edition. So appreciate that, Nicole. Uh, yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> keeping it real. Uh, Nicole, so, you know, Friday night this weekend, it's been been kind of rough here. And, and maybe just give an update since since we last joined us, Nicole, you've you've kind of shifted territories a little bit, but still covering uh, a good chunk of that eastern Iowa corridor. Yep, so the east half of eastern Iowa for about Highway 20 down to the Missouri border, and a couple cases even, you know, tiptoeing across into Missouri. Sure. sure, and then, so, and then you're between, between that southeast territory and, and home, you're, you're catching a good chunk of, of ground there, so in eastern Iowa and so we wanted to kind of touch on really the after effects of Friday night in your area probably Sunday night in the northwest area uh, I know we're both busy planting uh, our new generation of extend flex plots here today but and I'm sure you're probably getting pictures from dealers and and salesmen on what what do we do with these what do we do with this so what, you know, what do we do? Uh, I mean, really, for the most part, corn's fine, right? Corn, that growing point's still below ground. Is any corn that you've seen in danger or not? Um, to be quite honest, like you said, I've been really busy with the ExtendFlex plots. Um, so I haven't been able to get out and look at a whole lot. Um, and honestly, that that's the least of my worries right now because... Yeah. Like you said, the growing points below the ground. What I'm most concerned about right now are beans. Yep. You know, the, the corn, the stuff that you drive by, it looks pretty yellow right now. We're going to have to wait for that tissue to uh, to fall off and for some more green stuff to come yeah. through. 
you know, that's going to happen pretty fast for the next 10 days as we start to warm up. I even saw some 80s for next week. Yeah. Um, so hopefully recovery will happen quick and kind of, you know, quell anybody's fears that did have corn yeah. up out of the ground. Um, and, you know, for a fair amount of my area, um, beans were still on the ground, too. Um, but as I start getting further south or in places where guys put the beans in before the corn, you know, we, we did have some beans coming up out of the ground. And, um, you know, as far as temperatures go, it had less to do with geography and more about topography, really. Um, it seems like for the most part, the hillsides, uplands, you know, you might have a little bit of death, but it's not bad. Those bottom grounds, oh man, <laughs> they got froze solid in some places. So um, I do have some guys that already started replanting some of their bottom grounds yesterday because it was already so obvious that those stands were going to were absolutely demolished. Now, as we start working up the hills and get into the uplands, you know, it's, I, I talked to a guy earlier today and he's like, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my stand counts. He's like, but there's some that I can't, you know, this has been since Friday night. And he's like, you know, there's still some that I can't tell if they're going to die or not because yeah, the, you know, they're, it's still kind of brown, but it's not black, you know, it's not absolutely dead yet. And I said, what I told him to do was do your stand counts, but do when you do your stand counts, take two different counts. Do your worst case scenario and your best case scenario. When you go through and do your worst case scenario, only count the ones that are absolutely going to make it. You don't have any questions about. And then do your best case scenario, which is, you know, don't count the ones that you know are going to be dead. Count the ones that you know are going to survive and count the ones that are questionable. And don't forget, you know, count the ones underneath the soil too, you know, if they haven't quite broken through yet. And then just kind of look at that difference. And if you can live with your worst case scenario, you know, at this time, at this point in the game, we're looking at the 80, 90,000, as long as it's fairly consistent, that's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, look at your worst case scenario. If you cannot live with your worst case scenario, maybe it's just because it's more spotty. You know, I think there's a fair amount of guys that are going to go in there and just spot some yeah. in and just interplant some, which you know, it's probably going to be the right way to go just because throughout the field, the death is going to be so inconsistent that, you know, there's enough beans out there that you don't really want to tear them up and start all over. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it would be so hard to, you know, start and stop the planter. You know, where, where do you start and where do you stop? Yeah, so I guess, Nicole, the, what you where you're leading into is what, what can you live with? Right. And so that's kind of the next question is, you know, you know, we're talking 75 to 110,000, you know, what, what's that right number? I'm, I feel okay with uh, 80 to 90,000 as long as it's consistent. Okay. So, and then any, and consistency is going to be the key. Right. <laughs> yeah, because if it's not consistent, then you're going to open yourself up to weed pressure and those gaps down the road. Yep. And then we also have to consider, too, um, you know, if you're in a minimum tillage system, how consistent is your um, your residue cover as well? Because that where you had heavier residue, you weren't getting that radiant heat coming off from the soil to kind of keep those plants a little bit warmer. 
So if you have inconsistent residue cover, you're also going to have more inconsistent stand loss. Yeah. So on these beans that we're trying to guess on, you know, are they going to make it? Are they not? Uh, you know, like you said, some's obvious, right? You guys, I'm sure areas got super cold and froze hard. In other areas in a different topography, you know, how do you, I mean, as you're questioning these, you know, what's the best way? I mean, do you, do you pull a couple plants and pinch, you know, pinch that stem? Do you check how soft it is? You know, what, what do you do to really check those questionable ones? So the first ones that I'm going to do, where that, uh, the arches, I got to make sure that that's still intact and that still has some sort of tissue that can move nutrients and water from the roots. So I'm going to be checking that crook, make sure that that didn't get frozen off because some of these beans would have been sitting there with that arch that, you know, the yep. crook sitting up above the soil surface. The other place I'm going to check is going to be the growing point inside of the, the unifoliate leaves. You know, if that's turning brown, there's a good chance that it's not going to make it through. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, that we have to consider is that it's Tuesday today. So we've had since Friday night to Tuesday, there still might be some beans out there that are questionable. But we're coming up on some rain tomorrow night. And it looks like it could be a fair amount of rain. So this could put us back replant by another week. So I think really you got to go out there. Look at your best case scenario stand, worst case scenario stand, figure out what you can live with and then make a decision and don't look back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's decisions like this where it's, you know, it, it, it's a difficult decision to make because you, you'll, you might, you may never know if you're making the right decision or not. So whatever you go with, do it. Right and feel confident in it because there, there's no use um, looking back or beating yourself up. You know, we're coming up against the rain. If we wait after the rain, we might have to wait another week to replant. Yeah. So go out there, get your numbers, make a decision and go with it. Yeah, I mean, really May 12th on a replant isn't bad, right? Especially considering last year, heck, we were a month later than this on our first go around. D yeah, yeah. So, we, I mean, we still got a high yield, but I mean, you. You're, you're still shooting for high yield potential of beans on May May 12th, definitely. So I, I agree on your assessments. 120% is you know still still shoot for max population in those areas and spot them in where you can. So uh, I definitely definitely like the recommendations there. Uh, you know, Nicole, this everything went in so fast, and I know uh, we're you know we're both in the middle of planting extend flex plots, but I know you've got a special plot that you've been spending a lot of time at here lately. Tell us a little bit about the Field of Dreams plot that we've been seeing on Twitter. If you build it, they will right. come, unless coronavirus makes people not come. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if any of the listeners um, aren't aware, the, the Field of Dreams, where that movie was filmed, is in Dyersville, Iowa, which is only about half an hour from where I live. And currently, uh, Major League Baseball is in the middle of building a stadium where they will play. I think it's the Yankees. And there's, there's another team that they're supposed to come in the middle of August to play a game at this location. And we're actually fortunate enough that Adam Ray, which is one of our really good dealers, um, they farm right around the Field of Dreams. So we had the opportunity to put in a plot 
right next to the field of dreams. Like, you know, in one of those scenes where out there digging up some roots where I can only assume he's checking for rootworm damage. Our, our plot is right where he was cool. standing. So, um, so some of the different things that we're doing out there, I mean, we put a typical um, hybrid plot in there, but then I also, um, I went and messed with some corn a little bit. So we were doing some different depths, different speed of planting. I went out there with some herbicides just to try and get some injury. Um, more or less just for educational because it, it's so much easier if you can get experience with something before it mattered so that you've seen it before you have to go out to the field. Yep. So we'll be doing some, some training for some of our retailers at that location. Um, but the, the part that I'm really excited about because of how unique it is, um, I also wanted to have this location as a education and outreach location as well so i have a history of corn demo where we've got um different corn products that you know guys were planting in the 20s 30s 40s 50s um things like that and then we also have the future of corn so i do have some short corn planted there um as well as um popcorn sweet corn white corn um and then we'll also have some fungicide there uh, just, just all, all sorts of stuff, just so we can talk about our industry as a whole. Um, if they get school going back, I'm going to try and, um, I'm working with the farm bureau right now to try and get some, uh, some ag in the classroom learning out there as cool. well. So, I mean, obviously all, all of this is dependent on, you know, making sure that everybody can stay healthy and safe first and foremost. Um, but regardless, we're, we'll just get creative on how we share our location and what we've created. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm really excited with the opportunity that we had with this piece of ground um, and, and what kind of, you know, how we're going to be able to talk to the public, especially with it being, you know, right, right yeah. there. Well, it sounds like you got your own little learning center there in the field of dreams. So it's... it's... <laughs> It's a lot. Of, I mean, yeah, that, that's what we're yeah, going right? for. It's kind of cutting my business out here. I, I appreciate that. No, it, it's that we, in all seriousness, we do need, we do need as many of those remote locations as we can get for education wise. I mean, it just, you get into that part of the world, it, it gets to be close to two and a half, three hour drive to the learning center and it just doesn't pay. So we need, we need as many of those spots as we can get. So appreciate all your work and in, in doing that, Nicole. And we're, well, uh, we're already starting to brainstorm on how we can bring some of those things remotely if we need to. So, uh, so at least the groundwork has been has been set for us, and I appreciate all that. Nicole, I, I know you're busy. I know you're yep. busy. Anything else before we head? How can how can the audience find you on uh, on Twitter if they need to? You do a lot of great stuff on your videos, and keep us up to date there. How can they find you on Twitter, Nicole? So my handle is at Nicole Steckline, pretty simple. Um, you can also search for my name on YouTube to catch up on my videos. Um, Scott Johnson, my counterpart, also has some excellent videos. If you search for On the End Rose, that is his channel. Yep. Will you be Will you be the new partner on in the On the End Rose since George's retirement, or not? You know, I don't think I can fill those shoes. <laughs> Scott is going to have to uh, keep keep that okay. one going. 
Um, but I'm not going to say that I might, that I may not cameo oh, at some point. Cameo time. appearance on, on the end rows. So a couple things there, Nicole, right. check out Nicole Steckline on YouTube and Twitter. And then on the end rows, uh, with Scott Johnson, uh, as well. So a number of things there to keep you, uh, our audience up to speed with what's going on in the field. So Nicole, appreciate all your work this, this past couple weeks. I know it's been fast and furious, but uh, the end is in sight. So appreciate everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of throwing bags. Let, let's put this yeah, thing to right? bed. Especially, especially, uh, and there's our, our quarantine edition of the podcast with a three-year-old, right? Yeah, he just woke up from yeah. his nap. <laughs> so that's that's funny. So anyway, we're all we're all learning how to do these things with uh, with our kids. So appreciate Nicole. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we'll talk to you later, Thanks, Brad. Bye.